really it is diving down. That rabbit is your higher self calling. It's calling your soul to live and be liberated, right? It's calling you to like do the work to find out what that is. But most people don't want to hear it, right? Most people aren't paying attention to it. Most people are caught up in the ego side of things and the life side of things and like the, the hoop and the holler and the celebrity and all the stuff that this 3D world has to offer because that's what is also controlling, right? What's lying underneath, I believe, is an awakening process. Welcome to the Rebel Souls podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelly Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. Hello and welcome back, my fellow rebel souls. I have a doozy in store for you. This conversation with Nick Onkin, who I had never spoken to prior to this interview, this podcast gem of a conversation. He He's somebody who I followed for quite a long time as a photographer and more recently as a hat maker because you know I love my hats. And for those of you watching the YouTube version of this, I am wearing my hat in honor of Nick and he wore one of his most recent creations in the conversation. It's amazing. We even talk about all the inspirations that went into it. Um, and, and I think the thing that really has drawn me most into his world is how he has started to tell his story of his own inner journey and his own work and his own life as a creative alchemist. And we talk about what that means. And he's so... He's a multi-hyphenate. He is this brilliant photographer who has photographed the who's who and the world's most iconic brands. I mean, the who's who from Justin Bieber to, oh my God, Tom Hanks and Usher and Jessica Alba, and then big shots in the personal development world like Tony Robbins and Lewis Howes. And we can go on and on. I mean, it's so many celebrities and uh, well-known personalities in the sports space. I mean, you name it, he's probably had something to do with at least one of their photo shoots. And he has shot for some of the biggest brands on the planet from Adidas to Nike to Coca-Cola and for, um, you know, Cosmopolitan magazine. And yeah, we're talking the shit. And as I say in the conversation, that's not why I wanted to have this conversation with him. This wasn't geeking out fandom. This was really about understanding what is creative alchemy? How has he... What work has he done? How has he done the inner work to match with the reality he wants to create, to live into his own fullest expression? How can we be thinking about that? And... I love this conversation because we go all over the place. It's beautifully organic. 
And we touch on some really fascinating concepts. You guys know how much I love language. And that's probably the thing I geek out the most on in, in this episode is I love Nick's use of language and some of his concepts. So we explore things from what the hell is a creative alchemist and how can I be one to this newer concept he has around identity alchemy. And what does that mean? And how can we really call forth our most authentic identity? And what does it mean to curate the containers in our lives to create magic? How do we, you know, create create the conditions to allow magic to happen? And what's required for that? And how does he do that on his photo shoots and in his work? And then of course, yeah, a little bit of photography, definitely a conversation around hat making. And surprisingly for me, a deeper conversation around plant medicine and some of the journeys he's been on and what it's taught him and how it's propelled his own inner work and personal journey forward. And so he's the first person who's really gotten me more curious about plant medicine, which I've never done. And I admit I'm kind of a novice and virgin in that space. Although as I curate my tribe, I'm finding more and more people who've been on that journey. And I find myself getting more and more intrigued. Anyway, it's a small part of the conversation. The bigger part of the conversation is really hitting so many angles of like, how do we follow our own white rabbit? Which is Nick's way of saying, how do we follow our own soul? And are we going to be courageous enough? Are we going to be courageous enough to follow that white rabbit? and to understand our truth and our authenticity, and then honor that in the expression of it and in what we create in our outer reality. It's a really fun conversation from a just a beautiful creative's perspective. And I know you guys are going to get a lot out of this. And for me, it was really fun to have a conversation with somebody who I've never met, who I have followed from afar, and feel like He's a soul brother who shares so many of the same philosophies and beliefs in his life, um, especially around mindset and the importance of the inner work and the fact that it's a forever journey. So he is rebelling for living life to your fullest expression. And it's beautiful to talk about and to see how that's coming to life in his own world. So enjoy you guys. This one is yummy. All right, let's tune in. I am so excited for this conversation. I have to say, so Nick Onkin is with me today and Nick, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. This is one I've been looking forward to because Nick and I don't know each other other than the few minutes that we've been, honestly, we've been jamming and we've been getting our hat game on (laughs) for this conversation. And I I said, for those of you who aren't watching, who are listening, I pulled out one of my favorite hats in celebration of Nick's hat making. And he's put on one of his most recent creations. And I promise you, we're going to get deep into that because one of the many facets of who Nick is in the world and his creativity and the many ways it expresses itself that I want to dive into. So Nick, I feel like because we know some of the same people, I feel like you're an old friend. (laughs) 
<laughs> likewise, likewise. I feel like we've known each other already. I know, I know. Well, the first five minutes of just chit chatting was easy. So I love going with the flow. And so let me say out loud for you and for the Rebel Souls community who's tuning in right now why I wanted to have this conversation with you. I have every, I, almost everybody who knows me, who's read my book, who's been on this journey with me for the past four and a half years since I left Harley, has been, knows that I have three passions, travel, writing, and photography. <laughs> Those are my biggies. And I guess we should add hats to that since that's going to factor into this conversation, right? And, it. and it's a it. great, yeah, it's a great common point. And so I don't remember at what point I was introduced to your photography and your work. And I absolutely love it. You know, we, you have shot some of the biggest celebrities, you know, in Hollywood, in athletics, in, in all the spaces, even in the self-help, self-personal development space, like the Tony Robbins of the world. And yet, that's not why I wanted to have this conversation. What I've been really intrigued by as I followed you is more of who you be and the how you express yourself creatively and why you are able to express yourself to your fullest potential in like all these different ways. It's that kind of behind the scenes inner work that I love. It's the journey I've been on. So many of the people in my community are on the same journey. And so that's what I really want to dive into with you, right? Because it has nothing to do with the celebrity. It has to do with who you be in the world. And so you're attracting that high vibration into your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot, a lot that can be unpacked in that space, but yeah, well, why don't we start <laughs> with this? I'm going to, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to unpack it. So I won't leave it that broad. Let me ask you this first, my, my favorite and famous question. What are you rebelling for? Mm, what am I rebelling for? I would say well, for a lot of things, I think the mission is to, you know, for, for my mission is to help or is to create art that inspires and empowers people to find their truest self and to be in communion with their highest self as well. So that would be one thing that I would be rebelling for. Uh, and within that, it comes rebelling against every societal construct that has been created over time. And that's something I'm really, really have been thinking about a lot lately and diving into because you're rebelling for a grander vision, a deeper connection, a soulful journey, a meaningful existence and all these things. And with that comes rebelling against what you've been taught your whole life and what you've been cultured to believe and what you've structurally been cultured to think and to, you know, be in this normal society and like, look what's happening right now. It's like, there is a huge press of narrative to control people and to put people in their place so that they don't ask questions, that they don't rebel, that they just live this basic life that is left up to the control of the higher powers that be, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think you can find that spark, the spark that, that, that curiosity, I call it following your white rabbit because your white rabbit appears 
And that white rabbit, if you follow it, um, sometimes it turns into uh, cosmic bricks, as I like to call them. And if you don't listen to the cosmic bricks, they get bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> until you do listen. So there's a that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I would say like, those are the things I'm rebelling for in the way of rebelling against and that. Yeah. Well, and so, oh, there's so much goodness in what you just said. Um, not only because I'm 1000% aligned to what you just said, and you and I are both believers that we are the creators of our own reality. What, as I've been following you, listening to you, it just, it strikes such a deep chord with me. And, and to be clear, when I say one of the ahas I had when I was writing my book was that I have, I've always been a rebel. I've always been rebelling against, which to me started to feel really limiting because it was on someone else's terms. It was giving the power to someone else. And oftentimes it was kind of like banging my head against a brick wall. And what became clear for me is that there's a lot of empowerment and energy in this concept of rebelling for, because we can do it on our terms, right? All the things that you're talking about, shedding those old narratives, those old beliefs, the constructs of what culture and religion and all the things tell us to do. And so that's why I asked the question rebel for, because I feel like there's so much power and energy in that. Do you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, it's, it's creating more positive narrative and language around the whole idea. Right. That's why I was kind of like, well, do I say rebelling against, but I think there is an aspect of explaining what that means. Right. Yeah. You know, I think when you're rebelling for the greater mission, uh, you're also, it's also good to explain <laughs> what it is that the yeah. context there. Right. I totally um, agree. Yeah. We can set the, set the context. So let's dive into some of the language that you use, because I told you before we started recording, like I'm a language geek. I love to create my own language. I created this idea of soulbatical. I created my own title, chief soul officer. My book is filled with stuff that I make up because <laughs> I love to find new ways of expressing concepts that light people up or give people language that they don't yet have to describe their experience. And so you just said two things that I want to make sure we talk about. Follow the white rabbit and cosmic bricks. So, and I, and I've got a couple of other, I talk about being on a mission to liberate a billion souls. And one of the things that really struck me is your language around the swords of liberation. Mm. So three, three things at least. And then of course we we've got to get to hats, right? So in whatever, whatever journey this takes us on, I just wanted to give you a sense for some of the things that were really lighting me up. So let's talk about follow your white rabbit since you brought that up. Like, what does that mean? You know, my sense from you and hearing you talk is that's what you mean. Like, I love the Alice in Wonderland reference. I'm assuming that's what that what's that's what that is. And I'm assuming that it's like the white rabbit is to go deep into the hole and is the whole one's inner self. Help us understand that a little bit more. Yeah, that the whole is the inner self. It's it's the calling. It's the call to the wild. It's the call to discover what's really there. And, um, you know, the white rabbit, your white rabbit, I should say, everyone has their white rabbit, right? And you look at Alice in Wonderland, you look at the matrix, you look at some of these other, these actual pop culture films that have referenced the white rabbit, especially with Alice in Wonderland, because it really is, she like, you know, 
I think the story is that she, you know, she gets, she's in this wealthy family. She's getting married. She doesn't, she feels this call. She feels something. And then she's on the, on the wedding day, I think it was. And she sees the white rabbit and she chooses to follow the white rabbit. And then she goes down this hole and discovers this whole world of herself and like her actual, her actual inner truth. And so that's probably a big, that's a big space of where I've kind of gotten that reference is really it is diving down. That rabbit is your higher self calling. It's calling your soul to live and be liberated, right? It's calling you to like do the work to find out what that is. But most people don't want to hear it, right? Most people aren't paying attention to it. Most people are caught up in the ego side of things in the life side of things and like the, the hoop and the holler and the celebrity and all the stuff that this 3d world has to offer, because that's what is also controlling, right? What's lying underneath, I believe is an awakening process and it comes when it comes, right? You know, for me, it came a few years back between a breakup and my business um, struggling and, and a lot of different things. And that took me down a whole dark night of the soul. And that was my cosmic brick, right? And the cosmic bricks will start, they'll start raining. A lot of people had a lot of cosmic bricks this last year. I mean, COVID oh, was definitely- hell yes. A massive cosmic brick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everybody had them in their different ways of the things that they were dealing with. And, you know, some people chose to drink themselves silly and then other people utilize the time as a space, as a way to go inward and dive deeper and figure out more of who they are. And, and that's the thing is like, when you don't listen to the cosmic bricks, they get bigger and they get bigger until you do listen. And sometimes they get bigger and bigger and it ends up being like, car crashes and injuries and disease and cancer and all these different things uh, that if you're not listening, you know, then they, they come and hit you. So I think the key is when the call is there, when the, when, when your white rabbit jumps across your, your room or your computer screen or whatever it is, follow it, follow that curiosity, get curious about it and start digging. You know, for me, that was just like one, that was the start of the process. And I'm still, you know, it's a never ending rabbit hole that you keep going down. And, you know, I think the thing is integrating it into daily life. Um, for me, plant medicine has been really huge in that process. Mm. Uh, mushrooms particularly have been a favorite of mine, uh, which is why you actually see the reference on, on the hat logo. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. So we're looking at a white rabbit on the inside of the, of the hat of Nick's latest creation. For those of you who are <laughs> listening, that is awesome. Are you putting that in all hats? Yeah. So this is the liner now. I just okay. I love that. So that so, will be the liner of my new hat when we talk about my new hat. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So like that's the, with the hats, that's what's like, I'm employing, I, I'm in, I'm, putting this philosophy into all of the hats and to the brand. And, and that's kind of the brand story as well is this whole finding your inner truth, doing what lights you up, rebelling against the norm or rebelling for a greater good and a greater holistic, you know, joyful, vibrant, colorful life. I, you know what? I love that you said colorful because that's the other thing that really strikes me when when I've listened to you in the past and I was thinking like, oh my God, Nick, you're rebelling for living in full color, people living into their highest, most beautiful expression. And it's just so cool. 
Thank you. Yeah. And that's, that's, that is, I am, that is another piece of what I'm rebelling for is, you know, wanting to see other people live their most colorful, fully expressed life. And, and I feel like I'm still doing work to get to my fullest expression because that's just like, that's the process. Um, I love that you're living it out loud. So this is, you know, this is a, a reflection as somebody who has been on this journey for four and a half years. I agree with you. It's a never ending journey, right? Because we're going to constantly be called to get outside of our comfort zone and play a bigger game and live an even fuller expression with more of those vibrant colors. I believe that that's, there isn't a there there. This is, this is an ongoing process. And I guess a couple of things I want, because I'm watching you and even how your podcast has evolved. Like I could see from last year to this year, how you're kind of like fine tuning it to really be you. You're actually calling it Unkin Radio. It seems to me that you're doing some work to dial in your expression of yourself. And I don't mean rain in, I mean, just dial in like, what is that frequency? What are those colors? What is that vibration? And so I kind of want to back up for a second and talk about, you call yourself a creative alchemist. And I feel like that is intertwined in everything that we're talking about right now. So can you talk about what that means? Because it feels like a springboard into all the other yummy stuff we want to get into. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because over the last, I don't know, say like probably eight years, I've, I, you know, I, I've been doing photography for a good 15 years. Um, and that became my identity. And that was like, you know, I was doing, all these commercial stuff, you know, commercial uh, photography and celebrities and magazines and all this stuff. And then that kind of shifted, you know, that business started to struggle because the industry had shifted a lot. And then I started playing with other mediums. You know, you can see that, well, I can't, you can see well, the people, paintings people behind me. People who but... <laughs> are watching the YouTube will. So we will definitely yeah. publish the video of this. Yeah. Keep going. Um, so you know, I started playing around with hand-drawn typography and then, you know, cause I was a graphic designer for five years before I was a photographer. And then I started painting these paintings and I started painting murals and then I was painting all kinds of different things. And then I started getting in, then I started getting into hats like a few years ago and playing around with those. And, you know, this is, I, I started diving in and exploring all these different mediums. Um, and, over the last couple of years, I've been like trying to figure out how do I kind of create this umbrella around everything that I do so it feels cohesive, people understand it. And it was just even through quarantine last year that I kind of came up with the idea of being a creative alchemist, which is kind of the idea. It's the idea of mixing all kinds of things together under one kind of aesthetic and mission and, and vision. Um, because I do love doing all these different things. I love the variety of being able to sit here and make hats and then go off and travel and do photo shoots for a week. And then, um, you know, do an occasional mural, mural here and there. And now I'm getting into designing, co, uh, co-designing, doing collaborations with clo other clothing brands and designing some of those things. And it's just this kind of ongoing creative space of play. And then you mix all the creative outlets with the inner alchemy. And that's also the other piece of being creative alchemist is going inward and utilizing um, 
the journey that I'm going on and, and the perspectives that I'm generating and the new narratives and all the, you know, I'm learning a lot and reading a lot of books and I'm, I'm taking different courses. And it's like, how does like all the stuff that I'm learning and alchemizing coming out in the artwork. And you can see that obviously like in the hat brand or I was saying, you're like, that's the extension, right. Of, yeah. of the alchemy that's happening inside. So the creative alchemist is what I've got, the identity that I've got for now and which I really enjoy. And, and uh, I think it's starting to all come together. And, and that's the same with the podcast. It was like, okay, I used to have this brand called Neon and it was great. I just didn't have the capacity to like manage it and, and keep it going and do it, doing its thing. So it was like, and as I am helping people build their personal brands now through photography and design and even strategy with the right partners and things like that. Well, I was like, okay, I got to like do this for myself. I've got to start consolidating everything and just, it, it creates less, you know, moving parts. I can start to bring everything all together. Um, and that's part of the creative alchemy. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I just, I love your couple things that are landing with me. I love your ownership of this idea of alchemy because that's such a powerful concept like this, you know, in medieval days, right? It was like the transmutation of, you know, metals into gold, you know, other metals into gold. And we think about it as this like magical process of transformation. And I love how you're, you're kind of owning that as part of who you are and how you show up and what you do in the world, because it isn't limited to any one medium. And I I think we can all think about how do we own the alchemy for ourselves? And haven't you started to do some work around this, like identity alchemy? Did I hear you talk about that recently? Yeah. I mean, so what's interesting too is, is that my friend told me he's like, he stays, uh, he studies, does shadow work for men primarily. And he was saying that Carl Jung is, is one of the people who kind of said the idea of alchemy comes through alchemizing your shadows, your shadow oh. work, doing shadow work and alchemizing it, which is super fascinating. Uh, so that's also, you know, so I'm learning all these different things and like alchemy is, you know, there's a lot of alchemy happening, a lot of people identifying with alchemy these days. And I think it's great. And I think for me, it is a huge piece of what I'm doing because the creativity comes from the inner alchemy as far as I'm concerned. Now, identity alchemy is a whole nother program that I'm working on and starting to take ownership of as well. And that's like, it is the idea of, you know, creating inner alchemy that extends into the outer personal brand, right? Mm. And I think the most strongest personal brands are the ones that are congruent from the out, from the inside out. And so the identity alchemy process is one of the first phase is deconstruction or deconstruct. The second is curate. And the third piece is become, right? So mm. you got to start with the deconstruction, the deconstruction of who you are, the deconstruction of your belief systems, your narratives, um, <clears throat> your shadows and the things that, you know, and I, I feel like this could be in and of itself, its own program, just the deconstruction phase of it, because this is where the plant medicine comes in. This is where personal development work comes in. This is where the deeper dive down the spiritual rabbit hole comes in yep. is the deconstruction phase. And then you get to the curation stage. And this is where you're curating in terms of a personal brand, you're curating who you want to be in the world, right? You want, you're curating everything from like your mission, your message, your um, kind of who you want to be, who you want to emulate, things like that. And 
and making then, the choice to live into that. Right. Cause I think that's where a lot of us sort of fall down is like, I kind of knew I wasn't living my truth, but I was also choosing not to follow the white rabbit, not to live into the truth. So I think there's a lot of helping people get conscious around the choice and how they can be the creator of their reality in that phase. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the third piece of the becoming, right? You become mm. that. You it, you not only be that in the world and choose to become that in the world and choose to create this reality in the world, uh, but you're also creating assets around that, visual assets from photography, video, design, around that into your personal brand, and then creating that congruence. So it is, it's, it's so much of the inner alchemy. And then like the, the outside piece is like, okay, yeah, let's like go and like hire the right people and, you know, tell that story. But first the pieces or the first two pieces is like actually deconstructing and curating, creating yeah. who that is and stepping into it. So I, I love that. And I, I mean, I talk about the entire soulbatical journey being from the inside out. And I think that's the, that's the, one of the things I'm rebelling for right now is this idea of rebel leadership, leadership that looks very different than it has in the past because it starts from the inside out. It cares about radical self-commitment. It cares about doing that work so we can express, you know, our leadership can even be more powerful in its, in its full vibrant expression, if you will. And so, yeah. yeah. And I've always said like sabbatical is, you know, I thought sabbatical at the time when I left Harley meant leaving your job. And I have since realized that it's about finding yourself and doing this work so that we can live our truth and make a big freaking impact in our lives and the world. Right. Yeah. And that that's yeah. what identity alchemy feels like to me. I think that's why I'm like resonating with it. Yeah, what it is, it's finding and finding your truth and then creating from that truth, right? Creating your new yeah. reality from the truth that you find. But that takes deconstruction, that takes a bit of curation, and then it takes the becoming, the stepping into the creation of that identity. Yeah. We're always constantly shape-shifting our identities. You know, it's not just a one-time thing. It's like, you know, I've shape-shifted many, many identities throughout my lifetime and career and all that stuff. And so it is an ongoing process. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Hundred percent, and we have to commit to it being an ongoing process, right? We're we're. Like, I don't like snakes, but I just the image that I just got was like the snake shedding its skin. Like we are constantly in that process of evolution. Yeah, it feels very real. Um, I've, and I I've evolved so many times over the last year. <laughs> I'm like completely oh. different, completely different than I was last year, stepping into quarantine March in March last year. Amen to that brother. And here's the thing, what I love. And I said this at the beginning, and I just want to say it again, like you inspire me to live that evolution out loud. You inspire me to live that kind of inner work um, and creative and identity alchemy out loud because you're helping the rest of us on this journey by saying, guys, I'm, I'm wrestling with this stuff every single day. And you're helping us understand your own process so we can, you know, cannonball into the deep end ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So you use this word curating a lot. And mm. I'm a huge fan of that word because I believe that's also congruent with choice. So I love this idea. And I think I recently heard something, heard you talk about curating 
are containers. Did you just do, did you recently do a podcast episode on this? Yeah. 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 That was one of the most recent ones. Okay. I want to talk about this because this idea of curating our containers. So it's not only doing this inner work and then aligning it with how we express ourselves outwards. It's also curating the containers around us because I think so many of us could easily say, well, I've done the work and now all I feel around me is like, you know, resistance or my reality isn't supporting my, who I'm becoming or whatever. The next step feels like maybe it's part of this becoming step to curate the containers around you. So I just wanted to hear you speak to that a little bit and maybe even give examples of how you curate your own containers in your own life. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that... um... You know, there's so many different containers of life to curate. You have the you have your whole life of the container, right? Like that's one huge container, which is your perspectives. It's like your the meta containers, <laughs> the meta container, right? And you're like, okay, well, I and I learned this years and years ago. It was kind of like the I stemmed from Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek book of like the idea of designing your life. Right? We have the power to choose to create our lives and create our realities, and that goes. That's all about the thought process. And it's like, and that in and of itself is like curating the thoughts that you're thinking and also believing and putting emotion behind because, you know, the intentions of our thoughts mixed with high vibrational emotion is what we end up manifesting into our lives. So that's one container. Um, so we can kind of, we can cut down into like other smaller containers because like the actual, say like your, your apartment or your house, creating a container that inspires you to live the life that you want to live. We're, we're, we are creatures of ease and of easiness. So I think one of the spaces is to like intentionally curate your space so that you do the things subconsciously that you want yourself to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you know, for me, it's like, I have these paintings that say joy and intention and, and uh, love right behind me. And that's part of that and gratitude. And part of that is the curation for, on my own behalf of, you know, creating a space that like makes me want to feel a certain way. Yeah. You know? And then also, I mean, I also have a, you know, I have a big New York apartment, but it's small for, it's small, but it's big for New York. So everything in here is kind of just set up. Like I've got my um, magic table, which is there. And I meditate in front of this table every day. And there's got, I've got incense, I've got books, I've got journals, I've got candles, magic, magic uh, crystal balls and things like that. And that, also is a curation of that space. I have my workout station like right here next to me so that it is right there in front of me. So it's like I get up in the morning and it's just natural for me to jump in and do that. I have my podcasting station right here, which we're talking on. It's like also in the living room. (laughs) And then I go downstairs and I notice this, I do this like a lot too. So I have my hat working station right next to my computer and I have a couple different computers and I set it up in that, in that space so that I'm automatically going to it because it's like sitting right in front of me. And I have this problem too, is if I, if something's not in front of me, then I don't end up using it. So I've got to create, you know, it's like intentionally curating the space so that when you're just flowing, that happens. So when I'm doing photo and this, I had this thing called create your moments, which is this hashtag that I've been using for years. And it kind of came through the idea of the way that I do my photo shoots. It's like you, I've, I, intentionally curate the container. So, and that's kind of working in the masculine energy. So I'm pulling in the props, the styling, the wardrobe, the talent, the locations, 
lighting, hair and makeup, all that stuff. And so choosing what I want that to be. And then in the moment when we actually get, you know, everything's in place, I'll work with the talent and we'll just like flow with the magic within that container. Oh, right? that's the feminine. That's the juicy so the feminine side, yeah. right? So your container is your masculine and the flow and the magic is the feminine that happens inside. So if you're constantly creating containers for yourself to flow within, that's where the beauty and the magic happens. That's where the beauty of life happens. And this is like, I mean, plant medicine journeys are the same way is like you go into it with intention and then that intention guides the flow of the journey and guides the flow of the, uh, the medicine. And it's, it's, I feel like all of life is that. So say, you know, another analogy too, is like curating your friends and curating the people that you hang out with because the, you know, the people you hang out with, you start to mirror those people. So, you know, think about curating who you're spending your time with and, and who is, not only bringing you value, but like how much value are you bringing to that relationship as well? Because it is, it's a, you know, it can't be a one-sided thing. So in any relationship, what are you bringing to the table? I think is huge. So think about everything in curating how you want things to flow in your life. Yeah. And curating. So it's really calling forward your highest self and your fullest potential. That's what I'm hearing you say. And and for your subjects as well, I imagine one of my questions was, how do you curate this photography container? And you just answered that question so beautifully. I'm really curious, how do you work with your subjects in a way that you can help them call their their highest self and their just most genuine authentic relaxed self into the space into that container yeah i mean i think that starts with the prep work as well so we start working on the container in the beginning so i have like an intake form and ask them questions and then we the second step is the photo shoot design console call where we get on, we get on the phone, we talk about the, you know, the answers to their questions and we craft the creative concepts around that, right? We're crafting, mm-hmm. we're building the container we're like designing the container. And then the photo shoot day, the container, once we set the container, then we just get in there and flow. And then the magic is what is me bringing my energy, the energy that I bring to the table, as well as making sure, you know, I have a whole tip photo shoot tips sheet, making sure that the talent has like, you know, they haven't had enough rest the night before and they've like sat down and like grounded themselves and all these different things. Right. So we're both bringing our energies to the table. And then when we're in the moment, I think there's also a piece of surrender to the creative, the divine intelligence and and opening that channel so that it flows but then you know for me when i'm working with my subjects so much of it is about me being my fully expressed self me giving positive reinforcement me you know i bring music all, all the time and that just sets a tone and a vibe and and movement and action and puts people at ease and i you know i also put people at ease when i'm just as who i am and who i yeah I am in in the interaction because I want this person to feel the best that they, they can during the shoot. Right. And the more that I push them to express and even the more, and a lot of times that it comes down to me demonstrating what I want to want them to do and acting ridiculous and <laughs> doing getting all goofy, these things. I imagine totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I've, as I've, um, 
been more in front of the camera as well. Just as I built my own personal brand, I've learned so much about being behind the camera because like, you know, it's super awkward if a photographer doesn't know what they're doing, if they don't know what they're, if they're not giving direction, they're not like they're fumbling with their camera. They're doing all these different things. Like I noticed that. And so yeah. I noticed that because like, I want to be able to shift that in my own photographer game when I'm working with people. So it seems like there's a theme in here. The word I just wrote down is vulnerability, right? Because there's a vulnerability in the way that you've been telling your own story and starting to communicate your own personal journey and brand. And I know from personal experience, certainly not at the celebrity level with a Nick Onkin, but being in front of the camera, which I will say, I love this kind of in front of the camera moment. You asked me to be on a photo shoot as the subject of that photo shoot. And I'm immediately in my most awkward self and my most awkward space because there, what I have realized in the last couple that I've done is there is just this beautiful vulnerability that's required in bringing your genuine self and being willing to kind of get goofy and dance to the music and do the things where you're like, oh my God, this is the only, these are only the things I do when no one is watching. Right. So right. what's your take? I mean, how do you think about the importance of vulnerability in your work? Yeah. I mean, I think that's hugely important. I mean, vulnerability across the table, not just in photography, but in who you are online. And I think uh, the more that you can share your process and your journey, you know, in a way that's, I think, constructive versus emotional dumping. I think that's, there's a line there is highly important. And I'm working on that myself. Like I've always had, I've been breaking down my own barriers of being more yeah. and more vulnerable. And, you know, I grew up with a lot of judgment in my family. So that's, and apparently according to the gene keys, I have a judgment in my sixth line or my sixth line is judgment as well, which I don't know if you've poured into the gene keys, but it's amazing. No, I haven't. Can you explain what that is? Cause I don't even know what the gene keys are and it feels like something I want to dive into. Oh my God. The gene keys are amazing. It's uh, this guy, Richard Rudd, who basically channeled the whole book and it's like it's this thick but it's it's kind of a, a reference guide so you can go to genekeys.com and take the test and it gives you your you have to know your time of birth and place and all that stuff and it gives you oh, so it's you like doing human design when of, you have to put in all that input yeah so it's basically like the poetic version of of human design it's nice. if you like words his words drip with poetic wisdom it's <gasps> so amazing and i'll send you this uh album that he did with future primitive it's so good it's so good and so all of he does like these transmissions and meditations that you can find online along with you know then he has the book as well and like if you when you take the test you get your actual gene key um holographic profile and Ooh. then you can use that to look up you can use the book to look up your holographic profile and read those i mean the book is just really good in general you can just kind of go through it whenever you want to or pick up pick it up and open it and listen to it or just read like a couple pages and it's so profound and it's so it calibrates on a really really high frequency so that um, when you're just reading it, you feel the frequency. It's yeah. really bizarre. It's really bizarre. And I, that's, that's a whole other thing. I was looking at a David. I don't know if you know who David R. Hawkins is. He wrote the book Power Versus Force and Letting Go. Oh, Both. well, that is a lesson I need. You're giving me all kinds of gifts. <laughs> what, I, <laughs> what I need to hear in this moment, no coincidence, of course. 
Absolutely. Letting go is amazing. That was the, I've read that one a couple of times. Um, but he has a whole scale of emotional frequencies, just like Joe Dispenza in yep. a certain sense. I don't know if you dove into like emotional vibrational frequencies, but yeah. every emotion has, it vibrates on a scale. Right. And so like you get to level with David R. Hawkins, it's like level 200, which is just, you're getting past guilt, shame, and fear, like into fear. And then you're getting into like ownership and then all the way up into a thousand, which is like enlightenment and love. And so yeah. we're all calibrating at a certain frequency. Um, and the idea, obviously the alchemy is to alchemize, to raise your frequency. And there's that, this is actually like tangible knowledge, right? Like everybody says like, raise your vibration and <laughs> your frequency. Well, what, what does that even mean? Right. This yeah, is actually yeah. like a good description of like what that means And your frequency is based off your emotional, your emotions and like where you're vibrating at. So when you get down into like fear, shame, guilt, and all that, that's the stuff that get, when it gets lot and you don't pass that through your body, it gets stuck in your body. And that's where disease comes from. And it pulls you down. Absolutely. Yeah. And it festers inside of your body. Yeah. And that is like, that's where sickness comes from. So there's the whole philosophy of like, you know, if you read Joe Dispenza's work, you yeah. can heal your body with work. your mind because yeah. yeah, his work is amazing. It's changed my life. And it's so powerful in that respect of your belief systems and your emotional frequencies and all that. This is lighting me up for a thousand reasons. And the one that I wanted to say out loud is the, the, when I did kind of coach training, I chose the specific training I went through because their philosophy is coaching around energy. And everything mm. is energy. Money is an exchange of energy, right? We are all energy. And, and so the founder of this particular program has the seven levels of energy and they mirror exactly what you were just describing around right. the, was it? Yeah. Like power versus force, like around all of that. It's like, it was that, it was it that or the gene keys that were the, I think I just confused everything. Well, power what, versus what was, force and letting go has more of the scale of energy. Yes. That's but what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so that's the same thing. And it was like the lower levels of energy are the catabolic energy, like the unsustainable, ultimately destructive energy, worry, fear, doubt, shame, guilt, all the things you were just talking about. And I always think about those as like the um, the sandbags that hold your hot air balloon on the ground instead of what, like, and once we're starting to let go of that and process and release that energy, our hot air balloon can start to rise. And in this case, it's like to level seven is sort of the, you know, sort of the all being energy, what you described as like level a thousand um, <laughs> on that scale. But it's really a beautiful way to think about life and understand when you're stuck in that energy. And then what tools do you need to release that energy so you can rise, you know, raise your vibration very literally again? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's and, so, that's so cool. Yeah. I don't, have you seen the movie? soul yet um i subscribed to disney plus only to watch that movie <laughs> yeah that movie was amazing but it's it's so true and there's so many you know it's like you have the lost souls and it's like they've been clouded by their thoughts of their negative thought world so much that they it takes you know big cosmic bricks to get them out of it um or the help of people and and it's there's so many like great great metaphors in that in that movie i just, i think it's such a beautiful movie oh i so, mean just the simply i mean this must have i'm guessing that this really sparked with you but just understanding like 
creative flow. Like when you're in that flow, you're connected to source, you're connected to the divine, like even just how they portrayed all of that, I thought was so profound. That was so good. It was so beautiful. And it's funny because I watched that and a week later I came back home on New Year's Day and did like this (laughs) mushroom, mushroom journey. And it was so fascinating to like go through this mushroom journey, especially with that kind of in my subconscious. And this journey was one of the most profound journeys I've had because it was just, it just had all these illustrations and I was getting like these just straight direct downloads of information. And it was showing me like, it was this like embody knowledge by embodiment and experience versus knowledge Mm. by description. So you could watch the movie solo and be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then like when you, when you get embodied knowledge and this guy, I don't know if you know of Ken Wilber, um, I've heard of Ken yes. Wilber. Yeah. Yeah. He talks, he has a thing called integral theory and he talks about one of the things he talks about in within that is knowledge by description and knowledge by experience and mm-hmm. knowledge by experience is completely different because you're actually like, it gets embodied, it gets imprinted on and in, into who you are versus like head knowledge of, yeah, I got, I understand this com- concept, but you know, what is it actually like to live it out and body it is a whole different yeah. thing. And so this, this mushroom journey was like huge in that respect for me. So I'm curious what's shifted in your world, in your being, even in your creative expression since that particular mushroom journey. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting because it was just, I think it, it just tapped me into connecting with the divine on a deeper level in my creativity and like clearing the channel. So it was also telling me that like, you know, all of my previous plant medicine journeys up until this one have really been about cleaning the spacesuit, like mm. going in there and chiseling. It's like deep doing deep gum treatment, right? Like gum work that you're like, I had to do that a couple of few years ago. And it was just like, it was so painful. Mm. And, you know, they had to go out and get the gunk out and just clear it, clear it, clear it. And so they would heal. Right. And that's what like, we need to heal us, our earth suits and we need to like clear. We also have to detach you know, ourselves from the spacesuit, you know, from the ego of the spacesuit, you know, we are not the spacesuit. We are just having a human experience, right? We're a soul or a cosmic intelligence having this human experience. In our human suit, right? So you call the, what I call a human suit, you call a spacesuit. That's, so that's yeah. like the soul in our body, right? Yeah. Human suit, spacesuit, meat suit, <laughs> avatar, all the, all the things, you know, and the idea that we are not any of that. You know, we're just having an experience in this element. And so that was a big piece of it. But I think to get really clear the channel, like you got to go in and do some super deep subconscious work. And that's what it was showing me. And then now it was like this whole, it was like, now we're giving you a system upgrade. And it was wild. Like this whole journey was mushrooms. Mushroom journeys are the best. (laughs) Okay. You're really inspiring me. I will admit that I'm a total plant, plant medicine novice. And I've always said, when I feel called, I have no issue. I'm not opposed to doing it. In fact, I'm very intrigued by it, but I hadn't yet felt called to do mushrooms or well, except for, you know, way back in the day before it was like a hallucinogenic, beautiful journey that you're describing or ayahuasca. And based on the people, as I'm curating the container of my tribe, including people like you who I'm bringing on to rebel souls to have these conversations, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to wanting to bring that experience into my world. So I may follow up with you to get a few pointers on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And one and one book I'd highly recommend is called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Ooh. And Michael Pollan's a scientific food journalist. So he got commissioned to write this book. I love his work, but I've never read this book. I absolutely oh, love his work. This book changed my mind, literally changed my mind because I grew up with the whole idea that drugs are bad, yada, yada, yada. And obviously there's a difference between drugs and plant medicine. Plant medicine heals. Plant medicine, that's why like they're, you know, psilocybin is being so highly um, shown now because it's treating depression, PTSD, anxiety, addiction, all these things. And psilocybin is what's in mushrooms. So there's a lot of new research going on. And that book talks about, you know, not only it gives the history of the research of psychedelics, but then it has his, you know, firsthand experience. You know, he interviews like 15 to 20 different um, facilitators for each, each medicine. And then he chooses to do one or two journeys with, with, each medicine. And then he gives his firsthand account of each one. And then the third part of the book is all the new neuroscience around. Oh, I love that. And and, this is the stuff that Tim, that Tim Ferriss is investing heavily in now. Cause I, I follow you. I love that you brought up the four hour work week. And that was one of the books that was very influential earlier, early on in my journey. And then tribe of mentors after Mm -hmm. that, is just like, I just love that philosophy. Cause again, curating your tribe, who do you yeah. want to learn for? Who is, who is in that space that's aligned with who you're becoming and who you want to become. Right. And yeah. He's, right. he's, I've listened to him talk about this a lot. Um, I'm going to put that book in the show notes and in my Amazon cart. <laughs> <laughs> great. Great. Yeah. I mean, I always recommend that one because it's, it's so informative and it comes at it from a very skeptical scientific perspective, uh, which I needed to be able to be like, Oh, this makes a whole lot of sense. Now I want to try everything. <laughs> yeah. And so is, I'm curious about the expression of this then. And then I, I kind of want to, the bridge to, uh, I think the bridge to our hat conversation is going to be around magic because magic is another like beautiful golden thread and everything I hear you talk about. And it's really part of the essence of what you curate in the world or what you, you curate a container to allow magic to happen. And magic, magic is such a trust and, and surrender process. Right. And, and so, um, I forget where I was going with that, but I guess, I guess I just want, I want to have a conversation around a little bit of like magic and, and the role it plays in <laughs> your life. And then I notice, like, as I look at your hats, which I'm totally obsessed with, and we're going to talk about my pre-order in a moment, because I want to <laughs> like start, start talking about like what this hat is going to be, but just talk to me about magic and how you make space for it. Cause trust and surrender is a big part of magic, at least in the way I think about it. And trust and surrender is so fucking hard. I struggle with it every day. Yeah. I mean, that is the key is trust and surrender. Magic for me is how to describe it. It's, it's everything that is, it's like that resonance. It's a tune. Like you feel this like high vibrational frequency of energy and emotion which comes through surrendering to life and letting the more you surrender to life, the more magical things happen, the synchronicities, things just start falling into place. And, you know, the more we try to control things, at least I've noticed has, um, has really had, you know, the less magic happens, right? Like the more things tend to fall apart or the more things to just like, you know, we don't, I think being less rigid and, and surrendering to what life has to offer, 
is becomes even more beautiful, right? It, it is that beauty. And I'll send you the album with the Richard Rudd because the first song is called beauty. And it's like, Ooh. it all, it talks about so much of like the more that we can surrender and see the beauty in everything, you know, the more magic happens, the more beautiful life becomes. And it's like it, going back to soul, right? Like the magic was when the, the little acorn leaf flew, f- fell into his hands and realized that the gift is life. The gift yeah. is the magic of life, right? And so for me, I love, you know, playing with magic of energetics, the magic of alchemy, the, ma- you know, magic comes when you can alchemize all the things that you're holding on to, to be able to let go and surrender. Going to plant medicine, the more you surrender, the be- more beautiful that journey becomes. But some people will like hold on for dear life and hold on to this reality because it's yeah. all they know. It's like, and it's hard, you know, it takes, takes practice um, just as well as life takes like surrendering and life takes practice, you know, and letting go. And when things don't go away, it's like, okay, what's the gift in this? What's the beauty in this? What's, you know, that's where the magic happens when you shift your perspectives and you see things as a gift. And, you know, I had this crazy relationship a few years back and it was like, it pushed me into a huge dark night of the soul, but the gift that relationship was a gift. You know, I would be where I'm at right now, right here today, if it wasn't for that relationship. Yeah. Um, and so everything happens for our own growth. We just have to see that, right? And we can see that. That's where the magic happens. And then totally. we can go into like the further magic of like energetics and bending spoons and shit like that, which I want to like get into at some point. I'm like, I, there's this class. My friend sent me this class. It's like actually how you can like move shit with your mind and bend energy Ooh. and and stuff like that which is kind of like the next level of magic that i want to play around with this you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen the next expression of nick unkin's creativity is bending spoons and moving shit with his mind i love that i mean maybe i'll just make hats with my mind i'll just like look at it and it'll just like start like assembling without me even having to do anything totally okay and now that we're on the topic of hats however it's getting made i I just thought i'd bring that segue in you know what I'm I know. Saying? Well done, my friend. Thank you. Now I get to follow your lead. Like, let's follow the white rabbit of hats, especially since it's your new lining. I just, I love it. So I told you in our intro through our mutual friend Bronwyn, who was who was on the podcast and is a dear friend of both of ours. Yeah. That you know, not the least of which why I love following you is because of your hat obsession, which has now become part of your business. And that was that like one of the cosmic brick moments during COVID for you that got you going way deeper into hat making? Um, you know, it just, part of it was just like, I couldn't, you know, I, all, all photo shoots were canceled for like four months. And, and then when people started to feel comfortable spending money, they started like ordering hats. And so I did a whole bunch of them and, you know, quite, you know, quite a few of them through a little period of time when I was home and, uh, and that's just, it's just evolved over the last couple of years in terms of like all the stuff that I've been doing, the sourcing, the the materials, all the things, you know, it's a learning process. Absolutely. And, you know, I enjoy creating magical creations for people and with people and that, that, you know, has an essence of them, but also an essence of me. And it's definitely a very collaborative process. 
Okay. I want to talk a little bit about that process. So consider this the official pre-order for the Shelly Paxton <laughs> Onkin white rabbit hat. And we'll talk about all the details of like shape and color and all that stuff offline. However, what I'm really curious about is as I've followed you on Onkin hats. And as I've seen some of these bespoke creations, like they are pieces of art, my friend. I mean, they are, it's blowing me away, not just because I'm obsessed with hats, but because I can understand as you're describing them. And as I see the person wearing them, that it is reflective of who they are. So I'm really curious and yet has you in it and always has you know, magic and crystals and high vibration and all these elements that are so clearly Nick in right. the fabric of what you're creating quite literally. So what is that process of you kind of extracting the essence of, I mean, maybe me in this case to be, to understand like, where do I want to go in this collaboration and what is going to inform this particular creation? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is really kind of. I'll ask them to. I'll ask my you uh, clients. You know, what are some different themes or symbols that are meaningful to you? That's like a good place to start, and then I can kind of take that and translate that into how I would see that. You know, and sometimes that just takes a little bit of research and thinking, and um, maybe it's hand stitched writing of a of a favorite word on the hat or a brim. You know, like I just did one for this guy, Kyle Gray. I don't know who, you know, he's got a few like Oracle card decks and stuff like that. Mm. And he was like, you know, he wanted his, we put Pisces and Orion in the constellations in the stars underneath the brim. So I'll like burn the stars in, into the brim. Uh, so that was like, those are his signs. So I put those in there. And then, you know, he wanted to do something super all white, very simple. And then kind of at the end, he's like, what do you think about adding the mic mantra? I am light onto it. So then I was like, yeah. So I hand painted it in white on the brim, which looked really cool. So it's kind of, it's definitely a collaborative process. So a lot of it's taking ideas um, from you and then translating that into my style of expression. So, um, and it's different. And I'm just, I've been experimenting with different techniques and, and mediums with, uh, you know, in applications of the hat. And so it's kind of ever evolving as well. And so I'm able to do different things uh, in translating that. And a lot of times, sometimes I'll have somebody, if they, you know, I'll have them like go through the Instagram, the hat Instagram, and then like send me some of the ones that they love and the elements that they love on it just to get an idea of what they're vibing on. Yeah. So, you know, cause like, I want to create something that, that, you know, you're excited to rock and, uh, and wear out. Totally. Right? Like and we become ambassadors for, for you. <laughs> totally. Totally. And I've, I mean, I've had people design stuff for me and I was kind of like, yeah, it's cool, but I don't know if it was really want it. but maybe it's cause I'm a stronger creative and I like, there's things that I like in a certain way. So it's always different. It's a different, um, dynamic. Some people are just like, I don't know, make whatever you want. I like it. <laughs> I want a black, I want a black felt. Great. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then go for it. Um, Tell me the story of the one you said, the one you're wearing right now for anybody who's watching us on live on film or not live, but on YouTube. So I love this. You said this is your most recent creation and this was post mushroom journey. 
Uh, this is post mushroom journey, but I also got, I just got inspired by the, the new Louis Vuitton men's campaign actually. And there's some like really cool uh, hats in there, but um, this one, I just, I utilize, I hand shaped the crown. So mm -hmm. this is all just done by hand. There's no blocks because um, usually you use a block with a shape on it. And then this is, I, you know, I had some stitches here and then I wanted like a higher, higher wrap for the crown. So I double wrapped this Pendleton strip and then, you know, put the uh, selenite over the. And that's you know, one of your signature, right? The selenite crystal. Yeah, this the um, the selenite's a signature of mine. It's kind of like yeah. my staple. I put it on all the hats, all the custom I hats, anyways. It. And then this, and then I, I have I had this pin for a while, but obviously, the mushroom, the, the mushroom. Amanita <laughs> And then this is like I cut a little heart out of the brim. Oh, I love that. Which you can see. Um, and then I just kind of like burn the edges. I didn't put any stars into this one, but you know, it's always, you know, I think the what hats I make for myself are kind of like the prototypes in terms of like trying different things. You know, I haven't done this type of shape before. So I wanted to try, you know, hand shaping it to, to kind of a more, I don't know, hobo chic look. Yeah. And a more <laughs> organic look, right. Than a very structured hat. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Tell me about I noticed in and and this is probably going to be my my last question save for one cuz we have to we have to exchange some uh, wanderlust favorite places because we're both like world travelers and geek out yeah. on that. But tell me about the the symbolism of the cards. I see the queen of hearts and the ace of hearts and the king of hearts in a lot of what you create. <laughs> yeah you know it's interesting i mean there's i haven't put i've put them in a few different hats and um my friend 11 uh who is uh, i've made a few hats for them and they there's you know sh they've gone through you know went uh, through a transition into non-binary recently mm -hmm. and so it was interesting because i made a hat that was like had the king and the queen right because non-binary is actually balanced energy and so the balance of king and queen energy you know i put the king of hearts in some hats before it's just like you know the whole idea of a king a loving king um loving king energy in, in the world of masculine feminine archetypes uh, and the heart energy, I imagine, because I noticed they're always hearts and I loved that. Yeah. I think putting heart energy, love energy on there is also yeah. a big thing. So, yeah, you know, the, the world is an oyster in terms of what we can create. And it's, you know, sometimes I use cards, sometimes I use stars, sometimes I put mushrooms on it. Sometimes it's just like everything is like a, a different, uh, you know, inspiration and, and time of play. I'm playing with some tie dye stuff right now. So oh, cool. I've been like, I'm spraying uh, some of the hats with, with tie dye colors, which is kind of fun. That's super fun. And I, I love that we can have a piece like I'm an accessories girl, right? Like I always have my cuffs on. I always have a big ring on. I love my hats. And these are part of my expression in the world. It's part of my very unique creative, creative expression. I would say it's part of my identity alchemy. And I love the idea that I could have a hat that even more so is that expression yeah. of my essence and who I am. So that feels like <laughs> a nice way to bring this home. So tell me, 
where you've traveled all over the world shooting amazing people. I mean, so I think we share this wanderlust travel gene. I'm curious, like, do you have a favorite place or a place where you feel like it just truly brings out the magic in you? Yeah. I mean, I think there's different places. I have different favorite places for different reasons. So adventure wise, Antarctica was one of my favorite places along and then Iceland as well. And Finnish Lapland, all cold places, but very just uniquely magical in and of themselves. I mean, Antarctica, you get to hang out with penguins and watch them run around. And there's some of those fascinating animals on the planet, in my opinion. Uh, Finnish Lapland was epically amazing and just this winter wonderland it's where you know they have reindeer up there and that's yeah. where the santa claus story stems from because of the anime amanita muscaria mushroom there's a whole story behind that which i find super fascinating god where else japan tokyo is one of my favorite cities so uniquely bizarre yet amazing uh tibet was also an amazing place to go um i'm rattling off a lot here but you know uh and then warmer climates, uh, the Greek islands are some of my favorites. Yeah. I love Tulum as well. Tulum is such a, oh, a uniquely gorgeous. a magical place. And oh, Morocco, Marrakesh. Mm. Oh, such a such a great place. Amazing. Amazing. I have to tell you, one of my favorite shoots of yours was with Lewis Howes in Istanbul. Ah, yes. That was a good one. I I lived in Turkey in Istanbul for four years before no I moved to New York City. Yeah. And I married a Turk who I'm, I've since divorced, but Turkey is a place that is deep, deep, deep in my heart and the magic of the East and the West and the history. And <laughs> there's just, a, you know, an exotic kind of romanticism. And there's so much there that I, I felt was captured in, yeah. in, um, in that shoot. It was really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. We, and then uh, we went to Cappadocia, which I don't know if you've been there, but oh, crazy epic. beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is epic. Well, I have to tell you, this conversation has been epic. I could talk to you for many, many hours, and I hope we get a chance to continue it at some point in the future. Yeah, um, it's been so good to go a little deeper with you and get to know you. And thank you for sharing like all of your just brilliance around creativity and how we think about the inner work and the journey it can take us on and what it can unleash and how you've done it. You cross so many mediums and in so many beautiful ways. So where can people find you now that they're like all about Nick Onkin and what you're doing? <laughs> how can, how can I mean, the, the Rebel Souls follow you? You know, at Nick Onkin on Instagram is probably the, pi- the primary space. You can get to everything from there. Onkin.co is my main website for just kind of overall blog and podcast and all that stuff. So keep it simple. Nick Keep Onken it simple. I love it. And Onken Hats at Onken Hats. I just have to do a plug for that because I follow you there as well. And it's just so fun to see the new <laughs> creations that are coming out. So for my fellow uh, yeah. rebel souls who are hat enthusiasts. <laughs> That's an awesome place to go. Yeah. Thank you for taking this time and just, you know, settling in, dropping in and going deep with me. And you shared so many great recommendations that we'll make sure are in the show notes and things that I want to read and listen to right away. So please also shoot me that Richard Rudd album. That sounds amazing. Ah, yes, I will. I will. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. And Rebel Souls, thanks for tuning in. This was a juicy one. I hope you guys got what you needed out of this episode and we will see you again next week bye hey rebel thanks for listening 
If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so our fellow rebel souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at soulbatical.com and follow me at Soulbatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for?